Hello and welcome to the There's More podcast. I'm Karen. And I'm Rachel. And we're helping women dream bigger, pray bolder, and live empowered. Today we are talking to Zach Hensley and he was, I mean, just his story is so unbelievable about leaving everything and going like to follow God. I'm just like, I think we all like kind of dream about doing that, but he didn't do it once. He didn't do it twice, he did it three times. And you are gonna be blown away at this man's story and just the power of God for the presence. Yeah, he'll ignite hunger. The presence of God and the hunger for just more in the church. So welcome to the There's More Podcast. Well, Zach Hensley, we are so honored to have you on the There's More podcast. You are, I, I think you are officially my newest friend. I mean, oh, you are officially yes. your newest friend. <laughs> I, I, I'm so excited about that because I, I feel like I'm your newest friend. Oh, You're my newest friend. That's so. right. That's right. So Zach and I were um, at a retreat last week, a, a retreat of rest called Oscavon that our friend Jason Teagle put on. And I know you're drinking out of your cup. And it was just, you know, I called it a Christian think tank. You know, Jason wouldn't call it that. But I was like, we're here to receive. And and boy, did we ever. And, and honestly, we all got about 30 new friends. And Zach was one of yeah. those, but he's a he's a pastor at heart, and which mm. of course is what I love. But he's a prophetic prayer warrior, and and mm. and really, Zach, I don't know if you call yourself a prophet, but but you operated like that last week. That's what I saw in your yeah. life, and um, of course, you're a pastor, a teacher, you do all the things, but but more than anything else, you want to resource the world and churches with. The anointing of prayer. I mean, that is like your heart. Yeah. But this all started a long time ago in your pool with a cigar. And so I really. It's the <laughs> story we all want to know as all dreams start with cigars. As all dreams start. <laughs> so Zach told his story and I was like, oh, my gosh, like I cannot wait. I mean, the bravery on your life and your story. And just I think my word for you even last week was to the ends of the earth. Like you have gone to the yeah. ends of the earth to bring the gospel. And I just I honor that in you. I just I can't wait for people to hear like what it looks like to throw down your nets and and do it do this thing you know because there was there was something in you and so you start tell us the story where did this where did this all happen well I mean so I'll I'll start with this story uh when I grew up in the church I but I grew up in the church in a little bit different way it wasn't that my parents were Christians it was uh my mom used to get in biker gang fights. She was this tough chick uh, growing up. She was pregnant with me in a machine shop uh, while she welded in a machine shop. And my dad was wow. a construction worker and on drugs. And she got pregnant with me and she went, I can't raise my kid in this lifestyle. I need to, we need to go to church. I need to find Jesus. And so she, she started going to a church and at church, uh, through, uh, throughout the weeks that she gave her, she said yes to Jesus. She started having all these dreams and visions about the end times and about wow. God doing prophetic things with, in her kids and in her kids' lives and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I think one of the things that was cool was I grew up in this uh, atmosphere where my mom was discovering Jesus and the prophetic. Mm-hmm. And so I discovered Jesus and the prophetic yeah. because it was real for my mom. It wasn't like a tradition it was, oh my gosh, God mm. just did this, you know, and mm. she's still rough around the edges, very cussy and very, you know, <laughs> she's still working it out. And, uh, but she, she raised us to believe that Jesus really does stuff. And so when I was eight, um, 
eight years old, uh, grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, and we had this drought, which is funny to think of a drought in Phoenix, but you know, it hadn't <laughs> rained in almost a year. Oh my God. And, uh, and so, uh, my dad would always listen <coughs> to the news and talk about how it hadn't rained. And, and I had just seen Charlton Heston's 10 commandments cause it was right after Easter. And, you know, back in the day on Easter Sunday evening on TV, you know, the network TV, they'd always play 10 commandments. <laughs> and so I saw Charlton Heston with the big staff. And yeah. I came home from Sunday school and I was like, well, if he could do that, maybe I can make it rain. Oh, and wow. so uh, eight years old, I go out and I get this big agave stick and I just shake it at the sky. And I say, God, in the name of Jesus, rain. And absolutely nothing happened. Oh, I was about to say, <laughs> um, if it starts it, pouring. It just, <laughs> just nothing happened. Uh, the wind so I and go the inside. <laughs> And I was super disappointed because I really thought that God would do stuff. Mm. And I go inside and my mom, who, again, she's a, she was a tough chick back then. Um, she goes, well, what, why are you sad? And I was, well, I, I prayed for rain and it didn't rain. And she goes, how long did you pray? And I was like, I went wow. outside, prayed once or twice. And she goes, get back outside and you're not allowed in this house until it rains. Oh and my gosh. I knew that my mom was for real because she was, she was like that. Yeah. She was like, no, go outside and pray till it rains. And I went, oh. all right. So I went outside and it's like, God, you got to do something now. Cause now I'm stuck out here. Like it's hot. I mean, <laughs> in the desert sun, you got to make it rain. And so I start praying probably about 45 minutes goes by. And I'm just sitting in the dirt, just like, God, please, you got to make it oh rain. My gosh. And like one of those BBC slow motion videos, uh, this giant drop of water just went uh -uh. right sand in front of me. And it started downpouring. Oh, and, my uh, gosh. It hadn't rained in 30, 365 days. Like it hadn't oh. rained in over a year. And how old and are you? So, I'm sorry, I missed that part. Eight years eight, old. Eight, eight years, old. years old. Wow. And so I learned at a young age wow. that two things. One, that when I pray, wow. God does stuff. Wow. And if I'll persist when he does it, he'll do stuff eventually. And so I just oh, kind of marked my heart from an early age. Well, I bet. Uh, when I was, uh, so so fast forward, I graduated high school, started an, uh, a business with uh, my, my uh, former youth pastor, called Big Mouth Presentations. We were speaking to public school, high schools. And I was living by myself in Scottsdale uh, in, in this house, had my own pool um, <laughs> and felt like I was living the American dream. This is the story Rachel likes. Uh, I was, uh, I was, I, I was trying to be a baller, you know, I was 19 years old trying to, you know, just make it. And so I'm smoking cigars in the morning and drinking orange juice, sitting and reading Chicken the newspaper in my, in, in my, uh, in my uh, in my pool, uh, listening to Biggie Smalls, trying to be you know something cool, and uh, and and I was started. I put the newspaper down and picked up this book about these people in Kansas City who had this idea to pray twenty four hours a day. This was in two thousand one, and uh, they'd been going for a year and a half without stopping in this little trailer in Kansas City, and I, something marked my heart where I I just. I said, God, I I never wanted to eat this life. I never yeah. wanted this like American dream. God, I want all that you would give, and I want to go contend for it. Like I want to go, I want to go do something radical. And uh, so I ended up selling everything, uh, leaving everything behind, jumping in my uh, my minivan and driving to Kansas City to join this little 
ragtag group of 50. Um, at the time, uh, the movement would grow much larger called the International House of Prayer and uh, uh, was here from about the end of 2001, 2002 to, uh, to the 2013. And uh, man, we saw massive just God move in amazing ways. In 2009, we had this crazy thing called uh, called the Awake. We called it the Awakening. We just, just we had to give it a name. Mm-hmm. And um, it was during one of our uh, IHOP U chapels. This girl, she starts uh, she starts giving her testimony about how the Lord was freeing her from self hatred, and as she gives her testimony, the Spirit of God falls on the on the school, and people start uh, not just manifesting but getting deliverance. They start receiving uh, words for each other. Like this presence starts mm, hitting, and it was wow. it was pretty powerful. For the next ten months, that would happen every night at six o'clock, and so wow. we would gather. We had. 10 to 15,000 visitors a week. Um, How did we not know about this? I, I, all I, over the nation. I knew about it a bit. We, uh, we, we're not very good at marketing ourselves because that's not the goal. Like <laughs> right. yeah, our goal is to draw attention to ourselves. And yeah. so we don't really, you kind of just have to have heard about it. Yeah. And uh, people would come for, I mean, I saw limbs grow back. I saw eyes, blind eyes opened. I saw marriages restored, lives restored. Um, Mm. I started off skeptical because uh, even though I grew up knowing God could do stuff, I didn't think he could do that weird charismatic stuff. I was like, I don't know if that's God. I think all the other stuff is God. I don't know if that's God though. I am a little skeptical. Sure. And and so I I showed up though. And uh, after a rebuking from a friend of mine and uh, that first night or the, it was probably the third night I showed up and at six o'clock you would just feel, it felt like honey. Wow. Like we would all look around at each other every night at six and go, do you think tonight's the night that like uh, it doesn't happen? Wow. And then sure enough, worship would start. We'd start worshiping Jesus. And as we exalted Jesus wow. and, and we always, you know, we're, we're really keen on only songs that exalted Jesus. Not, yeah. Yeah. I love know, it. The, yes. Whatever. Not about me. It's not about me. Not about me. Just <laughs> exaltation. Yeah. We start singing about God. And every time it would happen, it felt like this blanket or honey would fall mm-hmm. over the room and you'd feel something land and we'd all look at each other like oh here man it it's still going you know like here it wow. is um and so i i just it gave me a drive to want to share that experience with other people that yeah. god is real he's living he's active he's not yeah. a myth he's not a tradition he's not a yeah. mm-hmm. program like he's He's a living and active God and he's wild. He's not in any sort of (laughs) box that we want to put him. He is him. And our whole job is to conform in his likeness, not try to make him something that works for us. Right. And so, um, so I went on, uh, to pastor a church in upstate New York in the Rochester, New York area called New Hope Fellowship. Um, this guy named Bob Sorge, uh, I love yeah. my gosh, we didn't talk yeah. about that, but envy, I mean, my counselor yeah. was yes. like, Hey, you need to we read the book that. envy. I was like, what's wrong oh, with yeah. me? But and that, that book yes. changed my life. Yeah. That's the that secret place. Secrets in a secret place. Oh, that yes. book will rock yeah, you. It's, it's secret place. If you have not read book. envy, I'm going to tell you that book will change your mm. life. I mean, that's yes. when he lost his voice and you know, he was yeah. a pastor. So you were your, his yeah. friend. That's amazing. So I was his friend and I was mm. pastoring that community that he was pastoring um, when he lost his voice. Wow. And so uh, I went back out there um, and, you know, Bob said something to me. He visited me my first year there. He flew out. Uh, he was there for a gathering and he he sat me down and 
in my office and he he pulled me because you know you can't talk so mm-hmm. he can only whisper mm-hmm. so he pulled me in real close which also he knows this but it makes mm-hmm. it way more dramatic too because oh, yeah. he's like you know brings you right in and he whispers <laughs> in your ear and uh and he said zach he said upstate new york doesn't need another domesticated pastor do not let these people domesticate you. He wow. Said, they need fire. Oh my gosh. And you need to bring fire. Yeah. And so, oh. and so I, I took that as like, okay, yes, yeah. absolutely. And, uh, we, um, we, we started, I mean, it was a long process. It was a journey of being a 30 year old senior pastor, learning wow. how to navigate people and their opinions and all of those things My wife, for my wife and I, yeah. um, but, uh, we, uh, we were able to see this beautiful uh, community built around the presence of God in prayer. Mm. And not just at our church, it was something that other, we would train the worship leaders and creatives at churches all around the region and take that to other churches. We actually saw that as being obviously more effective than just trying to, because God doesn't come to castles. He comes to, it comes to cities. Mm -hmm. And so the goal wasn't to build it where we were at. The goal was Mm -hmm. how can we infect the body of Christ in this region? Right. And, uh, see some amazing stuff. So we were there for man, uh, eight years and, uh, and just almost done. No, no, no. You're so amazing. Can I just pause (laughs) you? You're like, we taught them how to do this. Like, what does that, what did that look like? I mean, I'm just so curious, like, or yeah. Were these people like already flowing in the presence? I mean, were you working with people who didn't even know people like you? I mean, what did no, that look like? Mostly people that really didn't know us uh, yeah. or, or, or really were flowing in the presence. I would say, uh, and, and definitely people who didn't know anything about the International House of Prayer or any of those streams. Um, uh, I, people loved the Holy Spirit, but didn't really know what to do with it. And right. I think that's the case in a lot of churches. We yeah. all we all say we agree with the Holy Spirit, but we don't really know what to do with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it's also simple, right? Like it's it's not it, what we taught them wasn't difficult. It wasn't complex. It was simply just make space. Right. Like how Scary do you make attack. space in every area? Mm-hmm. And the re- the way that I kind of returned it is instead of saying the presence of God, because I feel like when you say presence, a lot of people think of like a misty cloud that comes in and kind of (laughs) moves and does weird and and it kind of throws people off or whatever. And so I would just say presentness because the goal is to talk about Jesus like he's in the room. Mm, The goal is to, when we have a service, we're gathering right now to worship God who's here. Yeah, it's good. And and when we, when we actually change our perspective and we worship like God's in the room, it actually changes the way we worship. When we listen to the message and we and we listen like God is present and we're talking about his word with him sitting in the middle of the room. Wow, that's cool. It changes the way that we receive and talk about the word because you got to be careful about how you talk about his word if he's there. If he's right. there, it's about him. It's not about us. It's right. not about me. Um, that's so interesting. Well, it's funny because even with that, I yeah. picture like people listening thinking, I'm going to read the word with God right now. Like I wherever know. people are right. listening, the sitting with him. Yeah. But yeah. you know, I think the thing that we've been talking a lot, we had a, we just came back with a group of friends from the lake and just had a whole conversation around church and just, just the, you know, I think the discontent that a lot of people have for, you know, they, everybody has that left brain, you know, the intellectual understanding of the gospel, but there is no signs and wonders that follow, you know, and they're right. in, and people are hungry for the real, for the God that 
invades their space, right? Yeah. And so, yes. but what what I'm the difference is, see, you were so it's neat because God so steeped you in being still before Him and just you know with that whole IHOP movement was all about worship and abiding, you know, really just yeah. spending time in. That's what we don't teach in churches. Mm -mm. So how was, so as you began to kind of, you know, teach your church a different way, tell us like how that unfolded. It's like, yeah, (laughs) because this really unfolded. I want you to, you're going to be wetting the appetites for people listening. Oh, totally. This is is what it was meant to be like. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, it, like anything, it was, there were growing pains and it was messy and it was changing paradigms and Mm -hmm. there were people that liked it and it didn't like it. But one of the things that I would say to people was, you know, if I'm a new believer, because this is how we always think about how we want to do our services is how, what's the experience going to be for the the person that's uninitiated walking in the doors. Mm. And I said, you know, it's funny is if I'm a new believer, it's never been in a church in my entire life. What am I going to expect walking through those doors. I'm going into a church, so I got to have a couple of assumptions. One of the things I'm going to expect is they're probably going to sing songs at some point. One of the things I'm going to expect is there's going to be some guy up there with a Bible and talking. And <laughs> and the and the, the the third thing that I'm going to expect is that they're probably going to pray at some point. Yeah. And what I found funny is that most regular churchgoers, they don't expect to show up on Sunday to pray. They expect mm-hmm. to show up Sunday to worship, to learn, to hear a word, yep, and to learn. But they don't expect to engage in prayer. No, not at all. No. And so I just changed the expectation. I said, guys, if if an unbeliever walking through those doors is expecting us to pray, we should expect to pray as well. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, I basically the idea was we're going to make prayer one of the reasons that we gather always. Mm -hmm. So we don't just gather for the word. We don't just gather for worship. We also gather for prayer. That's Mm -hmm. one of the, that's one of the reasons why we gather. And so we would take five, it would, it was five minutes. It was just five minutes. It's all it was five to 10 minutes on Sundays. And we just started praying. And as we, and we had an open mic, uh, it was a little wow. scary to have an open mic, Love but I yeah. wanted, My gosh. wanted people to have the ability to come up and pray. And, um, that one thing mm. caused this hunger to grow in people. Wow. That one tiny little shift where we would pray. And sometimes that prayer time would go 15 minutes and, and, you know, obviously like we were trying to like cut it down to make sure we didn't, you know, cut into the rest of the service. But if it was, you know, the idea is if the majority of the room is engaged and let's keep going, let's pray. I mean, if it's, if it's, you know, sister, you know, what's her face and she's got the burden that she's just imposing on all of us, we're going to move on. But Take us uh, low, but, but not yeah, too low. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but we, it, what it did is it created this hunger for, Hey, that was, I encountered God this Sunday. Like yeah. I, I want mm-hmm. more of that. Mm-hmm. And, and it, we didn't throw out our structure. We didn't throw out our service order. We didn't throw out our program. All we did was make space within it for people to actually talk to God together. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe, and it's scripturally that when, when we gather together to in talk and exalt the presence of the Lord, his presence manifests itself in our midst. And there's, there's a difference there, right? Because there's the indwelling presence of God. I mean, we all have that, the indwelling Holy Spirit. When we say yes to Jesus, it's right here. 
and God's all around us and whatever, but there's something that happens in the book of Acts yeah. and throughout the New Testament that when believers gather together yes. to pray, his presence is manifest. Right. Yes. And in that manifest presence, that's where we get empowered to go disciple, to go evangelize, to go, you know, live without sin, all of those things. But a lot of us are getting robbed of the ability to even be anointed to go evangelize throughout the week to our workmates because we're not experiencing the manifest presence of God right, right. in a group setting on a Sunday morning. Mm. And so it was really cool. We started doing that. And then this cool thing happened. We started doing that at this coffee shop, downtown Rochester, New York. Uh, we took out one of the coolest coffee shops that was in town, rented it out on Sunday nights. And we just started hosting the presence of God in that coffee shop. <laughs> and it got to the point where young people would show up an hour early trying uh -huh. to get into the coffee wow. shop. Because they knew that if they, it only fit like 180 people. So like, if you didn't get there early, yeah, that was you were a... standing outside in the Rochester cold and it's like near Buffalo, New York, it's yeah. like snowy and freezing. Yeah. And so, uh, so they knew that you had to get there early and we would have young people from all over the region cramming into this coffee shop just to encounter the presence of God. Wow. And it was, uh, it was sweet. And, mm. and the cool thing was, is they were all from other churches. Uh, a, a lot of them were new believers that got saved. But a lot of them were from other churches, and that blessed me because they would go, we want to get filled up here and take this to our church on Sunday morning. Yes. And I'm like, perfect. That's what we want. We want you right. to get touched by this. And that's where all of the training stuff happened. It was like, okay, well, we need to develop training so you can take that back. And okay, yeah, well, totally. you know, we need to do some different things. But we really started to see something really cool happen around the region in Rochester, and then when I moved to Danville, California, to be the teaching uh, pastor of this church in Danville, in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, we got to see a, the same thing happen there as well. It was just really cool. Oh, my gosh. And didn't you start, like, y'all started serving the community as well, Zach? Like, it wasn't, so out of yeah. that manifestation of the prayer... And the presence, what like they knew, like y'all are different, and yeah. like we're gonna change this. Like if your city's not different because you're there, you're doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Right. Like kind of. Yeah. And what did that look like for y'all? Y'all yeah. started a thrift store, right? Yeah. So I mean, I think one of the things is is people of prayer often get a bad rap of because you know there's always the people that go who are like well we need to go we don't need to sit and pray as if there's a dichotomy and there really mm -hmm. isn't yeah because no one who touches the heart of god in prayer for real is going to keep it to themselves right so right go and share that mm -hmm. you know you're you're mm -hmm. you're motivated and you're you're filled with the holy spirit to share and impart that's that's why their numbers were added to them daily in Acts yeah. 2, because they would gather in prayer and then they would go out and they would bring more people in. Right. And so, um, yeah, we, we had a thrift store uh, that we uh, that we we saw really grow financially to where we were able to support single moms uh, in our region. We had a program where if you were a single mom or a single dad even and uh, a single parent and you couldn't support yourself, we would cover your expenses for six months. And you didn't have to do anything to apply for it. We just, we, all we wanted you to do was show up in person so we could give you a hug and hand you the check. Oh like, my gosh. Uh, That's and, so sweet. And, Amazing. and, wow. and it, it was a really cool thing that mm. we got to do. And, and they're still ministering to that community in that way, offering different programs for people and wow. Uh, yeah, really sweet. But I mean, we saw God move in lots of different ways as we said yes to his presence and, and prayer. 
So. You know, Zach, it's interesting because I hear these stories and of course it just whets your appetite. You're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I want, I want to, I want to <laughs> wish I had been at IHOP. I mean, I, I actually, <laughs> IHOP came or, you know, they had an IHOP in Atlanta and I went a couple yes. times Billy to, Billy Humphries is a good friend of mine. Oh, okay. Mine. So I went a couple times during that season of my life. And it's funny because this was all during the time where I was discovering just how fun it was to be a mm-hmm. child of God. I mean, it was just so yeah. exciting, the things that would happen But I've also kind of just seen that where, like you said, you know, we waited, we wondered when that was, when the honey was no longer going to flow, if you will. (laughs) And, and why do you, what do you think that is? Why do you suppose there are these kind of these divine seasons that have these very clear, like Asbury, very clear start, and then it kind of fades out. What is that? Like, why does that, I don't understand that. Like, (laughs) help me with that. I think it's simply God making us spiritually fit to receive what he's wanting to give us. Mm. And I think there are times when uh, it comes and we get a taste of it and then it wanes because we need to develop a hunger for more. Okay. Because the wow. the goal is, you know, a, a famous uh, preacher, Leonard Ravenhill in his book, Revival Terry's, uh, you know, it's a, classic for anyone who studies the subject, but he, uh, he says, uh, we're often without revival in our lives because we're content to live without it. Wow. And, and I think it's, I think the reason why those things wane is because he gives us the feast, but then he wants to develop. And I, and I'm strategic at saying the word develop Mm -hmm. a hunger in us because we need to develop an actual hunger for more. Yeah. And then he gives it, and then we pulls back and then we've got to develop. Oh, that was amazing. Now I want more. Yes. Like it, it's this ever growing hunger. Wow. Totally. Because the goal so is that we would have an ever growing humility mm. because what God is trying to do is actually make us humble Yeah. because he wants to make us like him. Mm. And the more we are hungry for his presence, the less we rely on ourselves and the yeah. less we become self-reliant and the less we become about our own enterprise, we become about his. Mm. And so I, th- I think a lot of those things wane for that reason. But I, I feel like something's swelling right now in America that yeah. I'm excited about. So we just appreciate y'all joining us. And we've been referring a lot. Sometimes in our podcast, you hear about this thing called Father's House. Mm-hmm. And... We just know that sometimes when you hear these incredible stories from these incredible guests, you wonder, how did these people learn this? Yeah. How did they have these kind of encounters? And so we want to tell you about a resource that Rachel and I have written that is going to give you that that more, the yeah. more lifestyle. Absolutely. So you can go to fathershousestudy.com. And we have an eight-week Bible study encounter. It's just going to walk you to the journey that you've heard a lot about in these podcasts. And we want to offer you a 20% discount. And we hope that you will check it out. We think it'll change your life forever. And it'll take you on a journey that leads home. Yeah, I mean, that's my question. You've been from New York to Uh California and in between. What do you see for the church? I mean, there's this just, I'm going to be really honest. Like there is, there is a hunger in me to see the church come alive to the things that the church was alive to 2000 years ago. And now we have like more opportunity to tell people. And yet we see less of the things that they said will follow. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is frustrating to someone who's tasted and seen and then 
wants to go partner with other people who've tasted and seen. I'm like, can all those people like gather up somewhere? And then, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's frustrating because church has become, I'm going to say it, a business. Like, and he never intended, I don't think, Zach, I mean, what are you, what are you feeling? I mean, it's a, it's a real like tension for us because Mm -hmm. we're, you know, we're in ministry. We're not a church and we were definitely pair church, but you know, my husband's in church and I mean, in a ministry. And so what do you see? What do you, what do you think God is doing? Like, what are you feeling? Well, a couple of things. One, and I'll say this, I, I am 100% because I'm going to say a couple of things that uh, along the the lines that sound negative. Um, I have the other thing that I have for a ministry is called beautiful church where we're just focusing on telling the story of what God is doing. That's beautiful in his church. Right. Wow. Now. Oh, yeah. God that's is doing beautiful, beautiful things right now. Totally. So it's beautiful church podcast. We're telling those stories, but I want to say that because oh my gosh, that's now, great. <laughs> to know that that's, that's what I'm about. Yeah, It's good. But saying that's what I'm about. I'll say this. Uh, we have never gotten, we've never been, better at doing church than we are right now. And we've never seen people fall away faster. That's right. Yeah. hundred percent. And here's the thing that I'll say that God is doing. God is moving on the earth in a way that's unprecedented. Mm-hmm. There are just in the last three years, over three to 4 million converts in Iran. Yeah. Uh, just it, there's a, there's a move of God bigger than anything we've ever heard of happening in Iran and Afghanistan. Wow. And in Iran, it's led by women. Yeah. Wow. I did know that. It's, it's God, it's God spirit coming oh gosh, on women. And yeah. They're, Draining, and they're, right. They're prophesying and, and training. And, and in fact, they start with, uh, with discipleship. Mm-hmm. They start their way of, of evangelism is discipleship. They start wow. with that and they just start leading people into the ways of Jesus. Wow. And they're seeing massive converts, massive mm. converts in, in Afghanistan, Nigeria, Brazil is experiencing this move of God. Like I've never heard we had wow. here at the International House of Prayer. We just did a Brazilian conference. They came up here to receive from us. And we were like, we need to receive from you. Yeah, <laughs> we're right. coming to you. Moving in <laughs> yes. power. Yeah. And uh, they were fiery. Like they gave so wow. much life to us as they were mm. here. But God's moving in Brazil. God's moving everywhere else around the world, except for in the Western church. Mm. And here's why I think why you kind of mentioned it about the businesses. And this is kind of my heart right now in the season is uh, they've built their churches around the presence of God. Yes. And they're seeing God move. Yeah. Yeah. We've built our churches around the absence of God. That's right. Wow. I just got chills. We absolutely have. That is so sad. We do not expect he will show up. We do not expect he'll show up. That makes me cry, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We've we've planned for the drought, but we've never expected the rain. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We've set our expectations so low that we don't anticipate anything. Right. Man. And it's not, and, and you know, I grew up in a mega church. Like my church was 6,000. Gary Kinneman was my pastor. Uh, David Kinneman is president mm-hmm. of Barna Research, mm-hmm. uh, his son. 
I grew up in a megachurch environment. Um, I'm probably, I was a teaching pastor at a megachurch in Danville. I, I'm probably more comfortable in that environment. So mm-hmm. I'm saying this as someone who gets it. Like I yeah. get the philosophy, I get the programs, I get the whole. Yeah, yeah. you love why it. You, why I mean, you have to, yeah. yeah, I love it. I get why you have to have <laughs> HR. I get why you have to have yeah. all the resources and mechanisms. Yeah. Yeah. It all makes sense. But there is a point mm. where in those systems, we have to, with the systems, right? Like systems are great, but systems are systems. Mm-hmm. They are. And they can become idols. Or they can, uh, they can become idols or they can be useful. Mm-hmm. And I think we have put so much faith in our systems that we've mm. forgotten that the system was just the framework to invite the presence of the Lord in. Right. And, and we have it. And, mm. and I think part of that is because we're afraid of, and I'll say this kindly, I don't think it's that pastors are afraid of the Holy Spirit. I don't think it's that ministers and big mega churches are afraid of seeing God move. I think it's just we're so inexperienced of yes. what it looks like that we don't know what to expect or how to reach for it or how to ask right, for it. And I think right. things like what's happening at Asbury are so beautiful because yeah. they remind us, hey, that's what that's right. what it looks like when God breaks into our systems. Mm-hmm. And maybe we should have a, like I said, develop a hunger for that. Mm. And if pastors in megachurches developed hunger for that, yeah. That's my passion is that they would. And my whole Mm. mission statement is help people discover the enjoyable presence of God Mm. and then build everything around it. Yes. I think if people get a taste, they discover it. Yeah. Man, I think, I I don't think you have to build systems. I don't think you have to do training. I think it's literally just come and drink from this well Mm. and watch what happens to your life. Watch what happens to your ministry. Watch what happens to your church. Because I think all of us have hearts that want Jesus. I think we're just so, it's been so long since we've, since we've actually drank from yeah. the well of his presence that we don't, we don't know what to expect or what to look for. So just kind of as we start to kind of think about closing, I'm, I'm thinking about if I'm hearing this, like I, I am so blessed to have the community of friends that I have mm-hmm. that yeah. talk this language that are hungry, you know, that do keep our fires burning mm-hmm. and with passion for the Lord. But for somebody who's listening, that's like, okay, I don't, first off, how do I do that? How do I cultivate that even? Like what's my, <laughs> what's step yeah. one for someone who's yeah. not in a place where there's a church like that you pastored, I mean, what would be their starting point? Uh, honestly, open up to the Psalms. I start at Psalm one, start at Psalm twenty, start somewhere familiar. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, twenty three, one hundred three. Start at one of those Psalms, Psalm ninety one. Open up the Word and talk to God like He's in the room. Mm. Wow, it's good. good just, just literally take a minute. Take a deep breath Mm. and go, God, you're here. You're with me. Mm -hmm. You're living. You're Mm -hmm. active. And I'm going to read your words with you here today. Mm. And, and, And then read. And then every three to four minutes, pause and say, God, you're here. Would you speak to me? Yeah. And then what just wait say? in silence for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And God might not say anything those first couple times, but yeah. here's the thing. When you get anything, mm. even if it's a little, a little, <coughs> sometimes it'll be like a picture flashes in your head or mm-hmm. a name, somebody's name will come into my, come into my, uh, into my mind. I just say, you know what? I'm going to pray for that. Or if I get a picture, if I hear, feel like I even kind of hear something, I pause again for another 30 seconds and just say, God, say that again. 
Yep. Or say That's more. so good. Yep. Do that again. Show me more. I want to see more. And the more you can slow yourself down to God's rhythms, it's, mm -hmm. you know, one of my favorite things to do when I was in the Bay was watch surfers uh, at Pacifica mm -hmm. because you could tell the difference between the expert surfers and the beginner surfers because the beginner surfers get out there on the boards, they start paddling, they paddle, 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 they get mm -hmm. out there, then they flip their board around and they start paddling and trying to catch a wave. <laughs> the expert surfers, they paddle out there and they sit on their board yes. and they watch the ocean for about 30 minutes. Yeah. Because what they're watching is they're, they're picking up the wave because every day's rhythm is different. Yeah. And they're picking up today's rhythm and they're waiting. And once God, they kind of get a feel for the mm -hmm. rhythm, they flip around and they start paddling and you don't even see what they're paddling after. Right. They just start paddling. They pop up on their board and sure enough, this giant wave crests. And yeah. you're like, oh, it was there the whole time. I just didn't see it. Mm. I think what we have to learn in prayers, we have to learn to wait and catch what God's rhythm is for the day. That is every day so is a great. New rhythm, and we have to watch those waves and learn how to read what he's doing today. Right. And we have to slow our heart down and just mm. catch. And, and it takes a while. Sometimes you don't hear anything and that's okay. But the goal is to train yourself to do it. The more you do, the more you hear. And the more yeah. you hear, the more you'll be excited to keep listening. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's that simple. It's not rocket science. It's not, none of this. This was meant to be so that anyone despite their social class, their intelligence, anyone yep. can encounter the presence of God at any time. That's yeah. the beauty of what the cross did for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, so take time, listen with his word, because I love prophecy, but God has already said everything he's going to speak on this side of eternity, and it's in his word. Yeah. And all prophecy does is call us back to that which he's already written down in that word. Yeah. And so we just open up his actual word and we say, God, you're here, you're living, speak to me. Mm. And and we let him highlight what he wants to highlight. Gosh. Okay, Zach. I mean, are you so glad well, he's oh, your I'm new so friend? Glad. I, just I keep, mean, I, is this not great? He's like our people. I just keep the, the scripture that just keeps going around <laughs> in my head is the testimony of Jesus yeah. is the yes. spirit of prophecy. And that's always like befuddled yes. me. Like, what does that really mean? <laughs> but it's him testifying to who he is, is prophesying into your future because he's in you. Right. Yeah. You're one with yeah. him. Yeah. And he's literally yeah. prophesying himself in you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah. Yes. But, and what he wrote and wanted yeah. you to hear. Yeah. Okay. This yeah. is our, this is our final question because okay. I just want to know, we did this this week and it was so fun yeah. and so tender. Tell us when in your life you felt the most loved. Oh, isn't that fun? Wow. That I mean, we bawled, all of bald. us. Like, we fully oh. expect you to ball. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Just getting <kidding>. emotional. <laughs> hey, I'm a crier, so we, we went <laughs> out, out of the question. Um, when I felt most loved. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I... So there, I feel like in this recent season, I, I'm just coming out of a hard season mm -hmm. and uh, uh, coming to the end of that hard season. And um, I think the biggest thing for me was honestly my first uh, first week back here at IHOP. Um, a bunch of my friends, uh, we all went uh, golfing. And uh, we got all these steaks and all this food at one of my friend's house. And my parents, you know, earlier that day brought us, you know, food and took care of us. And we'd just gone through this series of what felt like massive rejection. You know, we, mm -hmm. we, we had to leave and we couldn't say goodbye to a bunch of people. And, wow. 
basically we're told, you know, you, you, you have to go wow. and you can't live here anymore. And, uh, and so there, I think the contrast of feeling completely unwanted mm. and coupled with the feeling of people showing up to help us unload all within the same week, unload our stuff and talk wow. with us till three in the morning about, Hey, what's your experience? How did, what happened? And how did that make you feel? And how can I pray with you? And Gosh. there was just this sense of from the community here at the International House of Prayer. And a lot of it is because of long-term relationships, but uh, from my mom and dad and my sister and her, uh, her husband and, and my friends here um, in one week, they, like kind of almost restored our faith that we are loved yeah and we're cared for um because they really just went out of the way for us in every way I man mean, um bringing us what we need setting us up like hey do you need an office hey you want to do a podcast i'm like i'm not ready to do my podcast but i will be in a couple months <laughs> and uh they're like use our studios for free we want to wow. bless you like it's just there was just this uh what's mm. mine is yours yeah. mm -hmm. feel. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and wow. it wasn't sentiment and it wasn't, uh, it was guileless. It was without pretense. It was real. Yeah. And, uh, and that was, I think that was probably one of the most beautiful things in recent memory. Um, besides my wife making me feel loved in crazy ways on a regular basis. Oh, um, oh, that's beautiful, Zach. Will you pray yeah, for, I mean, I yeah. just feel like the Lord wants you to pray for people who felt rejected, yeah, you know, like yeah. in a season where they're like going through hard things, maybe church related, maybe not, maybe just family yeah. dynamics. I mean, those people, yeah. you you were there, you know. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, uh, we lift up, Father, those right now, if you're, those that are listening, watching God that are, that have felt rejected or going through a season of betrayal even where they feel like what they thought they knew about somebody or something was ended up being something different or uh, they're, they're in a season of loss. Father, right now, we pray, God, Ephesians 3, that you would strengthen them with divine might through your spirit in their inner man, that they mm -hmm. are rooted. It says in Ephesians 3 that they are rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, mm -hmm. the unsearchable love of Christ, God, that they would know, Paul prays, that they would know that the uh, the length, the depth, the height of the love yeah. of Christ, that they would know the love of Christ which surpasses all knowledge and be filled with the fullness of God. I pray, Father, for hearts that are grieving and broken. I pray, God, for grace to grieve the loss. I pray for grace, God, to grieve the betrayal, the, the, the hurt and the pain. Mm -hmm. And I pray for clarity. And I pray, Father, for this, for a spirit of revelation to see the nearness of God and to see the nearness of his voice in every moment of grief, in every moment of unknowing and every moment of restoring mm. that the hand of God would be so close. It says in the Psalms that his name would be near. Mm. And I pray God that the name of God, that name that stands for faithfulness, that stands for righteousness and justice, the name of God that stands for unfailing, loyal love, that you are gracious and compassionate. I pray, God, that they would feel the name of the Lord near to their hearts, God, in this season, wow. and that they would be restored, Father, in their ability to trust because they would see the loyalty of God to them in the midst of everything else that they had lost. Wow. Let them see the narrative, Father, that you are close and that you never leave us. 
that you are with us, Father, to the end. I pray, Father, for grace for all of us, Father, to have eyes to see the loyal love of God in our lives yeah. and cling to it with everything that we have. Father, yeah. we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you Amen. so much. Amen. Wow. Thanks for joining us on the There's More podcast. Check out the show notes. We've got a 14-day spiritual warfare course that you can take, as well as the code. If you'd like to join us in the Father's House Bible study, thanks so much for listening.